0: Let's all now turn to the book of Proverbs, chapter 22, verse 6. And after you turn to Proverbs, chapter 22, verse 6, let's all now please stand to honor the reading of God's word. and there it says train up a child in the way he should go and when he is old he will not depart from it God bless and honor the reading of his word and you may be seated I use this scripture a lot I use this scripture a lot I love this scripture I love it it's one that people need one people use, and people should use it today I believe When you look around, and you see things going on in this society today, you can tell that people don't know this scripture, and they certainly haven't used it. Amen? You know they haven't. You see it all the time. You see it in the news. You see things going on people, the way they're behaving. You see the way they're behaving. The attitude of a child is very important. And there's lots of different attitudes of children. An attitude of a child is vital and very important. And there's lots of different attitudes of children. And we're going to go through a few of those right now. In fact, one of the attitudes of a child is childish. (laughs) That's natural. There's a childish, immature attitude. Uh, And we'll we'll talk about a little bit of that. And then there's, of course, the ornery attitude, I like to call it, the ornery attitude. Every kid is a little ornery sometimes, a little mischievous. Uh, Mostly generally good, but you know, there's that. And then there's the disobedient. Child, disobedient attitude. Sometimes we like to put a four-letter word with that: B R A T, brat. brat. <laughs> but that—that's a. Uh, sometimes that you get you got that little disobedient attitude. Yeah, that. Then there's the sweet attitude of a child. Sometimes honored, but mostly, and sometimes disobedient, but mostly, mostly uh, obedient. That sweet child. You all know those kids. And then there's the extremely obedient attitude. Extremely obedient attitude, trustworthy, honorable, earned respect. That's the very trustworthy child, that obedient attitude. Those are attitudes of children. In fact, the title of today's sermon is A Child's Attitude. A Child's Attitude. So we're going to go through these attitudes. We're going to talk about these attitudes a little bit. Now, maybe these are attitudes that you have had as a child. Are there children that you know? Or maybe not. Maybe you can connect with some of these attitudes. Maybe not, maybe not. But I guarantee them in one way or another, by the time we're done today, you're going to be able to connect with them in one way or another. You might think, well, I'm not a child anymore. Well, yeah, hang on now. Maybe, maybe you are, maybe you're not, depending on the way you look at things. So let's look at the first one, childish, immature attitude. can only see the small picture, usually a little bit selfish. And that's a childish attitude, looking at uh, things the way they want it until they grow up. And usually all kids have, in fact, I say all kids have this. A baby. Why do a lot of people say, all oh, babies are all innocent? No, not really. All babies can be a little selfish. Every one of us can be that way. All of us, when we're little, that way. We want what we want. We want it now. That's why all children are that way. Every little baby, when they throw fits and all that. And that's okay, because that's the way babies are. That's the way they are. That doesn't mean you want to stay that way. This is why a parent needs not to let a child have their way all the time. But when they're little bitty and I say for when they're newborn up to about three-ish or four, you can understand why they're that way. But once they start getting older, and in that little toddler state, you start to teach them. You start teaching them, even at an early age. Certain things mean no. Certain things mean yes, certain things mean no. Certain things mean hold up. Not yet. But they get to know these things. They get to know these things. And by the way, they know when they get away with things too. They learn. With, they learn when mommy is the push, pushover or daddy's the pushover. They learn these things. They know. They learn that mom and dad may say no, but grandma's the pushover. They learn these things. You know, I knew these things. I did, and uh, and I also learned that even though know, you know, if if dad was a little harder, mama could would maybe hug me, make me feel a little bit better. I learned all these things, but I also learned that there's times that when dad said no, mom said no. You know why? Because they stuck together. That's what that meant. There are certain things that you can get a hug for, but there are certain things that you said, they said no, they meant no. And that's all there was to that. And then there's the ornery, little mischievous child, but mostly generally good. However, be careful. Be careful. Be careful that kid is being a little mischievous because if you let them get away with that forever, be careful because they're getting close to the wrong side of the street. And if you don't put the kibosh on that, they may very very soon get to a certain other attitude of a child which is the disobedient child. Completely usually selfish in that moment and sometimes every moment. I've known so many disobedient. You know who I think of? I-, I grew up watching a TV show called Leave it to Beaver. And in that show Leave it to Beaver, maybe you never heard of it, maybe you watched it. Now I bet just about everybody's seen that show Leave it to Beaver. And on that show there's just about every kind of an attitude of a child. You have the mostly innocent, but sometimes honory, you know, sweet child, and that's you know, Theodore Cleaver beef, the beef we call him. Theodore Cleaver. He's usually innocent, but he gets in a lot of trouble because of his friends he's hanging around with. Be careful the company you keep. And then you have others like Lumpy and other ones. But then there's the one who's always in trouble, and he is the disobedient brat of the kid. We know who that is. Uh, You can say it with me, Eddie Haskell. uh, You all said it with me, you knew who I was talking about. Let's be honest, don't we all have an Eddie Haskell in our lives? Right away, I know. and just now I saw a couple of eyes looking around as if we knew that maybe you were the Eddie Haskell in your life. (laughs) I had some Eddie Haskells in my life. And right away I'm thinking of several names, but here's the deal. If you have been an Eddie Haskell or you knew of an Eddie Haskell, Now's the time to be careful about the Eddie Haskells because those are usually the ones that are going to be used by someone in your life to get you in trouble. So be careful of the Eddie Haskells in your life. Those are the disobedient child, completely selfish in that moment or maybe in every moment, and it's all about them. Their wants, their desires, and they'll use others as scapegoats to get them out of trouble. Be careful of them. And I have some some verses about this, and this is usually for the parents to be careful of your disobedient children what does it say in Colossians chapter 3 verse 20? In Colossians chapter 3 verse 20, it tells us this. It says in Colossians 3 20, children obey your parents in all things, not some things, in all things. For this is well pleasing to the Lord. Now, this doesn't mean that every parent out there is following God. No, but this also means parents obey God. And as they're obeying God, the children are to obey the parents. This doesn't give kids an excuse. Well, I don't think Mom and Dad's very good at following God, so I can just do whatever I want. No, because along with Colossians three twenty, which you can write that down and later on go back to it, we go to Ephesians six one through three. And what I love about Ephesians six one through three is it goes to another verse, and that's uh, Exodus twenty verse twelve. Because Ephesians 6, 1 through 3 is quoting Exodus 20, verse 12. By the way, I'm not telling you to look that up. I'm simply telling you that they're quoting it. Because in Exodus 20 is where God first talks about the Ten Commandments. And the Fifth Commandment is about obeying your parents. And so in that, we can see that it's so important that it it still counts. It's always going to count. The Ten Commandments always count. And we're not talking about earning our salvation. We are, however, talking about following those commandments because they still fit into what is morally just and right. But listen what it says in Ephesians 6, 1 through 3. Paul's quoting it. He says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. He says in verse 2 as he's quoting it, he says, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with the promise so that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth now does that mean that every kid who follows your parents because they're following god is going to live a long life no it means most likely because we don't know what's going to happen they may get sick or maybe something that happens it does however mean that most likely if you're doing the right thing chances are things are going to go great i've had people say but he promised and he never breaks his promise no no that's not what he's saying he's saying if you do what is right, the right things will happen morally and correctly in your life. And if you're doing things morally correctly in your life, you'll live a long life to stay out of trouble. This is what he's saying. That is what he's saying. Now we can look at the Eddie Haskells in life. And listen to what it says in Proverbs. Now earlier on I told you Proverbs 22 verse 6, Which is, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old he will not depart from it. In Proverbs 22 verse 15, it says this foolishness is bound in the heart of a child but the rod of correction will drive it far from him now I'm not telling you to beat a child that's what I'm saying, we're not talking about beating, no, no but let me tell you about my house in my home same house I'm living in now in my home there's all sorts of rods of correction and my mother and father used it on me. And I'm appreciative of it. It wasn't always a whipping. Sometimes it was grounding. Sometimes it was not letting me watch a show. Sometimes it was not letting me draw, because I love to draw. Sometimes it was grounding me from things that, it may sound silly to others, but it worked for me. And I knew, I knew, that my mom and dad meant business. Or my dad's terms, business. (laughs) And I knew that that meant that I had to obey him because my my dad was obeying Father God. And I had to obey him as my dad was obeying him. I had to do what was right, and I had to obey my mama because they were doing what was right in the Word of God. And I better obey them or I'd be sorry. I had to be obedient to them because they were being obedient to him. And I had to do that. And thank you, Lord, that I did. Thank you, Lord, that it set me right. There were other children too, other children attitudes. And by doing that I stayed the way that I should be. Here's that other child attitude as we mentioned a while ago. A sweet child. A child who's pure in heart, not perfect. Nobody's perfect. But mostly obedient. Now maybe you had a child that way. Maybe you were a child that way. Maybe you are a child that way. But mostly obedient. Now are you pure in heart? A sweet child? Says mostly out of trouble. Maybe right now you're thinking, I was. <laughs> Maybe you're thinking that. You know the golden rule. We quote it a lot. That's Luke six thirty one. In Luke six thirty one, it's also quoted in the book of Matthew, but we won't go to that. In Luke six thirty one it says to do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. Now that's a good rule, golden rule. Treat people like you want to be treated. Now I've done a lot of kids that way pretty good kids. Doesn't make them perfect, but they're pretty good kids, and they stay mostly out of trouble. And a lot of parents love those kids, and they do good to them. They still have to get on them from time to time, and they treat them right. And then there's the last attitude we're gonna look at, which is the obedient and trustworthy child, the honorable child. Are they perfect? No, they're not. But they've earned the trust and respect of their parents. They've earned that. And you know those ones. They're the ones that the mom and dad's put in charge of the other kids. Those are the ones that some kids can't stand. You remember those those kids? They can't stand them. They can't stand those ones that they're so honorable and trustworthy. They say, oh, they're no fun. They're not going to go to the parties. They're not going to do those things. Listen is what it says in Proverbs 20, verse 11. Even a child, this is Proverbs 20, verse 11. Even a child is known by his doings whether his work is pure and whether it is right in other words by your actions you are known i knew a kid one time many years ago said why don't you ever trust me mom and dad why don't you ever trust me i don't understand why you don't trust me because you haven't earned it that's why they don't trust you some people will say, well, I don't understand. Just because I get in trouble at school every day. Just because I'm always in trouble. Just because I always lie. Just because I always cheat. Just because I'm always sneaking out and doing that, Why don't you trust me? Because you haven't earned it. You've earned distrust. And they want to know why they're not trusted. They want to know why they're not trusted. And by the way, mom and dads do love their kids. They love them. But they also know their kids very well. But believe it or not, Believe it or not, I'm not actually talking about little children today. Not really. I'm talking about the children of God. That's what I'm talking about. But before I go into all that, let's talk about how Jesus loves the little children. Jesus loves the little children. All the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. He loves them all. He came, and there's another verse with that. It goes... Jesus died for all the children, all the children of the world. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in His sight. Jesus died for all the children of the world. And He he did. He came. He lived. He died. He rose from the dead for everyone, for every child. But did all the children ask Jesus into their heart? Because that's when they become children of the Lord. A lot of people all believe that they're children of the Lord. They're not. Children of the Lord. We're all creations of the Lord. We're all creations of the Lord. I got to get up. We're all creations of the Lord, but we're not all children of the Lord. People all want to say they're a child of God. No, they're not. We're children of the Lord when we ask Jesus Christ to come in and wash us of our sins. We're not all children of the Lord. I wish I could say that everybody in this world was a child of God. We're not. We are creations of God. When I was a little bitty boy, a little bitty boy, four years old, I was still an innocent boy. Oh, you mean you never lied? You never cheated yet? No, 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 I did. But I didn't understand yet that you were a sinner. I didn't understand. I wasn't yet to the age of accountability. But when I was seven years old, I finally understood that if I did not ask Jesus Christ to save me of my sins, you mean even at seven years old you was a sinner? Oh yes, I was a liar, I was, whoop, like Pinocchio, a liar. And I had to ask Jesus Christ to save me of my sins or I'd be going to hell today. But I didn't let that happen, you know why? Because I realized when Jesus talked to me and when Jesus told me that I need to ask him in my heart, I realized I need to ask him right then and right there, and I did. I asked Jesus to save me that day into my heart, and I became his child that day. That very night, I became a child of Christ. And I know many of you did too, but what did Jesus Christ say about children? He loved children. Children are wonderful, innocent, beautiful children. And this is why I love when I talk to these wonderful people here who are teachers, because they were called of Christ to speak to children. That's how my ministry started. I started in the nursery a long time ago talking to the little babies. Oh those little babies. I love those babies. They're so sweet and innocent and pure. And then I went up just a little bit, just a wee little bit and I started teaching the little preschoolers. And then that changed a little bit. And I started having um, children's church. when well, I actually before that even had what they call the opening. Teaching the little children before they went to Sunday school. And then I started having Uh, uh, Sunday school for the preschoolers then I started having children's church and I had the little kids from the ages of 5 all the way up to 10 years old and then sometimes I had 11, 12 year olds with them and I helped with the youth group too with my mother and others and then what happened after that? Oh we had more I started ministering to adults teenagers, preteens all sorts of ages and then I started going up in my Sunday school ages to 7 year olds, 5 year olds 10 year olds whatever ages I preach and teach to all kids of all ages because guess what God loves all children of all ages even the adults are children you're a child you're just an older child a lot of times I say oh I'm not a child anymore I'm grown I have facial hair well I'm not talking to you ladies okay that that's something you can that's something you can talk to me about later and you can slap me if you need to but what I'm talking about now I'm talking about Men and women, they a lot of times say, I'm not a child anymore. Oh, you are. You are. Because a lot of times Jesus is talking about us. We're still children. We're just older. He still looks at us as a child. Remember, God's always been around. He's always been around. You may think you've grown into an adult, and you are on this earth. but well, you're still a kid in the eyes of God. You're still a child in the eyes of God. But let's go back. I digress. Let's go back. Jesus loves those little children. Matthew 18. Matthew 18. Matthew 18, 10 and 11. And we have other places to read here, and I will. Matthew 18, verses 10 and 11 says this. It says, See that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I say to you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. For the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. Let's not misunderstand this. Many times people think that a little child dies and becomes an angel. Doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. It's not saying that they're an angel when they go to heaven. It's saying that they have angels to protect them. They're angels. They have angels that see them and talk to them in heaven, that protects them. And I know that for a fact. I know for a fact that little babies have angels. Just today, a sweet little girl comes into the church today. Little cute two-year-old comes in. She's just so sweet and innocent. Her mom may say no, but I believe she is, (laughs) I believe she is. And I happen to know there are angels watching over that sweet little girl. When she was coming over here to America not too very long ago, about a week or so ago, I was praying over her, and I prayed over her daddy too, and I know there are angels protecting that sweet little girl, protecting her, keeping her safe. Even this morning as she came over to this church, the angels were protecting her, and keeping her safe, and I pray every day for her that God will bring her up through her mom and daddy to come to know Christ as a personal Lord and Savior. And I believe she will. I believe she will. There are angels trying to protect her now from any impure things that Satan may try to bring her direction. Well, that's why we need to pray for little children, keep them safe from the things all over the internet and on television and in schools as they try to teach them impure things. We need to pray for that. Angels protect them, mommas and daddies. Teach them right, do what's right. But what else does it say in Matthew? Chapter 18. Now we're going to go back to verses 1 and through 6. 1 through 6. It says, At that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? It's kind of funny. The disciples were always arguing about who was greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Who's better? If that wasn't bad enough, <laughs> John and James' uh, mama, you know, of Zebedee. They they the uh, they were always arguing. Let them sit next to you in heaven. And don't be worried about that. Who's going to have the most in heaven? Who's going to be the greatest in heaven? Don't worry about that. Be glad you're going to heaven. Be glad you're going to be a child in heaven. Don't be Now, I'm not saying don't follow God and be his child and earn things. I'm not saying that. Be obedient, earn rewards by being obedient. We'll talk about that in a moment. Be an obedient child. Be an obedient child. Earn the rewards by being obedient. But be glad that you're his child. Don't worry about being mom and daddy's favorite. You know how they do. How people are like, who's the favorite baby? Just be glad. He loves all his children. Jesus loves the little children. So I move on. Who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And verse 2, Jesus called a little child to him and set him in their midst and said, Truly I say to you, unless you are converted to become like a child, or like little children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever receives one such, seems one such little child in my name receives me. Remember what he's saying here. He's saying, be humble like a child. Believe like a child. Have faith like a child. You know, we when we were children, I had such faith in my parents. My father had these great big arms, in my opinion. Great big tan arms. He was a truck driver for a long time. And even whenever he wasn't, he, we'd be in this blue, uh, oh, uh, what was it? Uh, station wagon. He always had his arms sticking out. So one arm was more tan than the other. And, uh, but he would put his arm around me to protect me. And when he would do that, I remember I'd put my arm around him like that and I would just hug it. Sometimes I'd even kiss it. And I remember holding on to that arm and I felt so safe in that arm. Folks, children of the Lord, don't you know that God's arm is around you, little child? Right now when you're praying at night, know that God's arm is around you. And it's okay when you're praying if you want to kiss his arm. He's got a hold of you right now. You're safe in his arm, child. Know that you're in his plan. He's got you and He's rocking you safely to sleep at night. He's rocking you when you're working. He's rocking you safely back and forth. And if there are problems in your life, and I know there are, He's rocking you right now. There's going to be times that you're going to lose loved ones. There's going to be times that hard times come and God's going to rock you safely. He's going to keep you safe. And that's okay. Daddy's got you. Just trust in Him. Trust in Him. Just trust. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Now turn with me to Mark, to the book of Mark, chapter ten, because it says, and we're going back again. Going back in is now Mark chapter ten, verse thirteen through sixteen. I like this. In Mark 10, 13 through sixteen, it says they brought a young, they brought young children to him that he might touch them. And here we go to the disciples again. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was very displeased and said to them, Allow the little children to come unto me, and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child shall not enter it and he took them up in his arms and put his hands on them and blessed them. We need to have faith. I know it's somewhat of the same thing, but not quite. And he, we need to be like these little children. Have faith like a little child. and faith in the arms of God. I've been in a hospital several times, and I'm going to tell you, when I had visions of God protecting each and every one of his children, I'm talking about his saved now. We were all safe in his arms, when we were like little bitty babies, safe in his arms. And no one, listen now, no one, I mean no one, could pluck us out of his hand. We were safe in the arms of God, and he was smiling on each and every one of us, keeping us safe. Nobody's gonna pluck you out. Satan cannot pluck you out. Your fear cannot pluck you out. The only thing that makes you feel plucked out of the hands of God is your doubts, is the fact that you are walking away from him. No, I'm not talking about your salvation. I'm talking about your closeness in your heart, in your relationship. Not the fact that you're not there, but that you're not allowing yourself to feel, emotionally and spiritually feel like you're there, but you're still there. You're just farther down in the arm, and why? Because you have not allowed yourself to feel close to him, to his heart. But he is still there. Just crawl back up there to him, too close to his heart. If right now there's something that makes you feel like you're not his child, that's not on God. That's on you. Have you ever had a fight with your mama? Have you ever had a fight with your daddy? I have, sadly. Was it my mama's fault or my dad's fault? No, it was me. I was being a stupid, ignorant, spoiled brat. And guess what? My mom and dad didn't come chasing after me because they're smart. I felt so guilty and so bad. Guess what I did? I come running back to them like a little child, like that prodigal son. I come running back to them, fall on my hands and knees, begging them to forgive me because that's what a son, a good, obedient son, even those who do stupid things, come come back to the fold, come back crying, forgive me, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And you know what? They didn't go, no, get away. They didn't do that. They said, I forgive you. And they hugged me. They brought me back. You never stop being a son of God or a daughter of God. God understands. Maybe you've been running away from God right now. You're still His child. He still loves you. Come back. He loves you right now. He wants you right now. Come back to Him. Come back, child. It's okay. No, it's not okay that you've been running away from Him. It's not okay what you might have been doing. And I don't know what it is. I don't need to know. God knows, you know, you know. And God wants you to turn away from that and come back to Him. Those things, those pleasures, whatever it might be, those things that have been standing between you and your relationship with the Father, that's what's, it may feel good for a minute, but that's what's keeping you away from that wonderful feeling of closeness with our dad, with our Father God. Come back to the fold. His arms open wide. Don't listen to that voice of the devil telling you to stay away. Don't do that. That's a mistake. And I know. So we are children of God. And we need to serve him willingly. There's so many people in a church. I'm not necessarily talking about this church, but all churches who they think that they don't need to serve God in church. That's not true. We all need to be willing to serve all the time. Now that doesn't mean that you have to be a teacher or whatever else. But we always need to be willing to serve. Have a willing spirit to be to get up and serve. It's amazing how all churches have a small percentage, no matter how big the church, a small percentage who's willing to serve. And so that's why some people will say, oh, it's a so-and-so church, and there's only so many people who serve, and only these people serve. Because sometimes they're the only ones willing. We need to always be prepared, be ready, be prepared to serve God. Listen to Him. Call out to Him. Ask Him what you're willing to do, what you should be willing to do, is anything He tells you. When God called me to preach, I didn't want to answer. <laughs> because I'm scared. And I know people never believe me when I say this, but when I was real little, I was shy. I didn't want to talk. They said, you didn't want to talk. You talk all the time. Folks, I was scared to death when I was four or five. Oh, you were just four or five. Folks, I don't like to talk to people most of the time. I Most of the time, believe it or not, I like to stay in my room and stay away from people. But when God calls you to do something, you better get up and do it, Gideon. You better get up and do it. When God calls you to do it, Jonah, don't you dare sit in the bottom of that boat. Get up before a fish swallows you whole. You better get up and do it before you smell like vomit, Jonah. You better get up and do it because God has called you to do something. Don't you stay away, child of God. Serve him. Serve him willingly because God has called you and that calling is only for a time before he calls someone else to take your place. And you later on people say, why doesn't God have anything for me to do? he does are you listening are you close enough to God in his arm are you listening close enough to hear him talk to you are you too busy listen to other things I'm too shy I'm too scared I'm too this I'm too that don't worry about the I'm listen to him not the I'm if I had continued to listen God called me to teach those children and God called me to do all those other things Believe me, I can say, no, God, I can't. No, God, I can't. No, God. guess what? I couldn't. He's right. I have a hard time reading. We know that. <laughs> I have a hard time with other things. But it's not about me. It's about him. It's not about you. It's about him. So listen, child, listen. So what is the attitude of a servant, of a child of God? We're to be joyful. We're to be loving. We're to spread the good cheers. Spread the good cheer. I'm not talking about fakey good cheer. We're to spread the good cheer. Well, no wonder so many people don't want to come to God. A lot of times when they meet Christians, or they're sitting there with whips smacking themselves on the back. We're not to be that way. No. Have the good cheer. Again, not fakey cheer. But we're to be happy. Happy because the Lord has given us brand new life and new understanding. We're to be happy in the Lord. Proverbs 3, 5 3, 6 says it so clearly. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. And I quote that all the time. It goes on to say, In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. That's why I find cheer all the time. It's hard to believe that even when getting your head cut open once, twice, three times a lady, getting your head cut open three times in a month, I could be happy. But I was happy. I was not physically feeling good, but I was, I was spiritually happy. Why was I happy? Because God was with me and he was helping me through all those things. I had so many fears, but you know what? God actually was making me happy because I felt so personally close with God through all of that. There's times I've been financially strapped and feeling bad. But somehow through all of that, I felt good. How did I feel good? Oh, I didn't feel good when I looked in the wallet and I saw a little moss flittering away. But I sure did feel good whenever I was like, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to make it through. But you go to God. God can lift your spirits because your treasure is not what you hold in your wallet or in your bank account. Oh, I know there's hard times. I know there's struggles through all that. But the happiness and joy you find is the comfort and closeness of the Father, God. Galatians five sixteen. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Because the lust of the flesh, the things that we have in this life, they're not what gives us the joy, not really. Remember those joys that come and go like the wind. We need to give your best attitude always. And that's difficult. That's difficult. It's difficult to give our best attitude always. Sometimes it's very hard. But as it says in Romans 12, 12 through 13, rejoice in hope, be patient in suffering, persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Practice hospitality. When we pray when we're down, the Lord can suddenly, as my old teacher used to say, turn that frown upside down. It's the Lord God who can do that. And this is the other thing we need to remember. We need to remember to be doers of the word, and this is in James one twenty two. James one twenty two says, be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving ourselves. It's so simple when everything is going well in our lives, it's so simple to say, well, why don't they just turn to God? And then when it starts happening to you, when it starts happening to you, it's a little more difficult. We need to remember as a child of God, turn to him. We need to have a good attitude of a child of God. And now we turn to Ephesians chapter four. Ephesians chapter 4, and I'm going to read Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25, and I'm going to read a little through chapter 5, verse 21, we're going to read a little bit here, because there's an awful lot of good here, an awful lot of good. It says, Ephesians 4, 25, it says, therefore, putting away lying, because it's talking about uh, being of the Lord God, taking away the old life and putting on the new, it says, in Ephesians 4 25 therefore putting away a lying away a li- uh, Let every man speak truthfully with his neighbor For we are members of one another being angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger Do not give place to the devil Boy that's true do not give place to the devil let him who steals steal no more instead let him labor working with his hands things which are good, that he may have something to share with him who is in need. Let no unwholesome word proceed out of your mouth, but only that which is good for building up, that it may give grace to the listeners. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, in whom you are sealed for the day of redemption." Here we go, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, outbursts and blasphemies with all malice be taken away from you. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ also forgave you. Oh, children, children of God, we need to be like Christ. Let his kindness be seen through us to one another. We are all children of God. I'm talking about us who are saved now. But we even need to treat the other children, those in the world, as Christ would want us to treat them. Listen to what it says now in chapter five, chapter five, verse one. Therefore, the imitators of God as beloved children, walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. Do not let sexual immorality or any impurity or greed be named among you as these are not proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse joking, which are not fitting. Instead, give thanks. For this you know, that no sexual immoral immoral or impure person, or one who is greedy, who is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. And This word tells us to walk as children of light. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. Be careful, Eddie Haskells, be careful. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. <laughs> what does the Bible say? Be careful of the what? The company you keep. So when you see the Eddie Haskells come by, push them away, push them away. That doesn't mean be cruel to them. That means don't hang around with them. Be careful of the company you keep. Therefore, do not be partakers of them. Verse 8, for you were formerly formerly in uh, darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is pleasing to the Lord. And do not have fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Instead, expose them. Where it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things are exposed when they are revealed by the light. For everything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep. Arise from the dead and Christ will give you light. See then that you walk carefully, not as fools, but as wise men. Making the most of the time because the days are evil. And they are evil, folks. They are evil. We need to be children of God. Don't walk in the evil ways. But walk wisely as wise children of God. Don't walk with the Eddie Haskells of the world. Poor Eddie Haskell. I'm sitting here just using him as a satanic man. But we'll move on. By the way, he did become a Christian. The actor did. He became a Christian before he passed away. But I move on. So Making the most of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, But understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not be drunk with wine, for that is recklessness living. But be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Give thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, being submissive to one another in the fear of God. Amen. We need to always be thankful to the Lord God. Always thankful. There's so many other things I could read to you and I won't. I won't. I'm going to close here. It says in Galatians 3.26. Galatians 3.26. For you are all sons and daughters of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And you are. If you have asked Jesus Christ, into your heart, as your, as your personal Lord and Savior. You are His children today. You are. Now I don't know where your personal relationship is with Him right now. I know I have swayed back and forth and I've been disobedient at times in my life and I've had to go back to Him and there's times that Satan still comes to me and tries to tempt me to get away. Hey, he's always going to do that. But what we need to do as obedient children is not listening to those temptations But always go back every single day through prayer, through conversation to the Lord in prayer, and through His Word. Get together with your brothers and sisters in Christ as children. Have a family reunion weekly, even daily, perhaps, through phone calls, conversations. Go back to the Word. Have a conversation, a family reunion with your Father, God. Come back to Him every day. Don't put it off. Don't just wait and say, well, God understands. He understands. He does. But that doesn't mean it's right. Come back to Him. If today you've been running from God for a long time, from your Father, come back to Him today. Don't wait. We're about to have an invitation. This could be a wonderful time for you to come back to the Father. Have a wonderful reunion. Rededicate your life to Him. Perhaps today God is telling you to rededicate your life. This would be a great time for it. Perhaps this is a day where you want to join the church and this would be a great time for that. Maybe you've never ever truly joined the church, but you just thought that you are a member of the church just because you came. This is a time where you can come forward and join the church officially. And this would be a perfect time for it because this Wednesday is business meeting. And you would be voted in officially this Wednesday. So whatever God is calling you to do, maybe you need to come up for prayer, for special prayer. Just today, because you're not feeling right or something. Whatever it is, you know what it is. But I'll tell you one thing you're God's child if you've asked Him into your heart. If you've asked Jesus to save you, you're His child. Child of the Lord, whatever you're going through today, know this you're never alone. God loves you, He's with you. Are you with Him? I was watching a documentary a little earlier this week about a child who ran away from home and was never found. And you know this child, you've heard about him from the 1980's, his name was Adam. You know all about him. The only good thing that ever happened about that was that his father went around for years finding many, many other missing children. That's the only good thing about God used that situation to save other children. But this is what I can say to you, If you feel like you're a missing child today, but you asked Jesus Christ to save you years ago, it's not that you're not saved, but you're missing from the Father's arms. Not because you're not his child, because you walked away and you don't feel at home, but his arms are open wide for you. Come back. He's not missing. You are. Come back home. He still loves you. He's still waiting for you right now. Come on back. Come now. Maybe right now you just need to come and pray and feel, feel safe again in those arms. Come back right now. Let's bow in prayer. Dear precious Heavenly Father, I pray if there's anybody here, anyone at all, who remembers coming forward as a child like I did, but also like I did, they weren't for certain The first time, if they were saved or not, if they were a part of the family or not. And I wasn't the first time, I wasn't. And Lord God, I pray if there's anyone like that today, that they will know that they know that they know. And they can be for certain that they're part of the family, that they're a child of you. If there's anyone who feels that they have things that are standing between the relationship of you and them, that today that could be taken away. I pray, Lord God, that today they can feel your presence with them, that they feel safe today and tonight, that they'll feel your arms wrapped around them in care and compassion, that they'll know that you're always with them, no matter what. Lord God, if the enemy is trying to keep them from feeling your love and compassion, I rebuke them in your name. I rebuke the enemy. I pray that these wonderful children of you will know that rather than Maybe they sometimes feel that they're childish in their relationship with you or ornery, disobedient at times. Maybe they're a sweet child and you are obedient. I pray no matter what their relationship is with you today, that they will know that you, Lord Jesus, love them and that you are wanting to be with them and have a personal, wonderful, close relationship even now. I pray, Lord God, that you call them forward today, if that be your will, or that you will protect them on the way home and protect them throughout this week and for the rest of their days. In Jesus' most holy and precious name, amen.